I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And this is Movie Shelf. Where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. In today's episode, we're talking about A Dog's Way Home. We'll also chat about some upcoming movies that we're interested in and our picks of the week. And of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon. Mmm, bacon. All right, Corey. Before we get into what we like and didn't like, let's talk about what the movie was about. So, A Dog's Way Home. This is your classic lost dog movie. Yes. There's been several with this theme. Yes. And... Lost dog that actually goes home. I guess, you know, hence the title, Dog's Way Home. Yeah. Not just that the dog is lost. No, but that in itself is not a new concept for a movie like this either. Right. And um, so it stars, I guess, um, Bryce Dallas Howard is the voice of the dog. Bella. Bella. And Jonah Howard King, he is the main actor, I guess, for the film. He own, He's the dog owner. He owns Bella. Ashley Judd plays his mom, who also has great affection for Bella. And even Edward James Olmos is in the film. <laughs> um, he plays a key experience, I guess, for Bella as she is on her way home. Did not, almost did not realize that that was Edward yes. when they showed him, so that was interesting. It's a fictional story based on the book by W. Bruce Cameron, I believe. Um, it's the same person that did A Dog's Purpose. And so the story is, as you mentioned, the dog is lost makes a 400-mile journey home, and it's also written and told from the dog's perspective. Yeah, so on that note, because you, you made a comment like this during when we covered one of the trailers for this movie in one of our earlier podcasts. <laughs> okay. Do you think you would enjoy the movie more if it did not have the inside-the-dog's-head narrative? I think it would have been a lot more, I think perhaps dramatic, actually. There was this scene um, at the end where, you know, I think, okay, so I think you mentioned in the movie that, you know, you shed a little tear. Me? No, I don't do that. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm pretty sure you said that. And, and, of course, even me, I was like, you know, the throat was clenching. I was trying to fight back any type of emotion. I think um, the words you used was that your jaw was was vibrating or, or jittery. Think, yeah, or... my jaw was, you know, <laughs> yeah, and weird stuff happens. Mainly because if I cry, it just, it's not like a whimper. It's just this big on-off waterfall thing, and you don't want me to cry because it just becomes berserk mode. And it took all your powers of concentration to keep that from <laughs> happening, did it? Basically. We wouldn't want that in the theater. So in the end of the movie, there's kind of this big dramatic scene and... That's if you're going to cry, that's probably when you're going to cry. And of course, I'm fighting back. And the moment I start hearing Bella's voice, I'm like, whew, okay. That took, that broke down the wall, broke down the drama a little bit, made it a little bit corny again or a little cheesy. So, okay, all is well. I can calm down again because it just kind of, it made it less real. <laughs> so, thinking about the cast though, there was one other cast member I wanted to mention, and that is Shelby. Shelby played the dog, Bella. And I think Shelby has a cool story because the filmmakers wanted to, in particular, have a um, a rescue. They wanted to have a rescue dog be the, the actual dog. Because in the movie, in the story, Bella is a rescue dog. The, the boy finds her and um, takes her in and chaos happens and he takes her to go live somewhere else temporarily and that's how she gets lost. Bella, or Shelby, the dog, was adopted um, or found at a Tennessee rescue, brought her in for the film. 
And after the film, she was then adopted by, I think, a trainer, and she's now a therapy dog for autistic children. So I was, I just thought that was really cool. If nothing else, such a cool story for sure. That is an awesome backstory to the movie. Yes. So for me, I thought it was just the movie was a super sweet movie, a little cheesy. But super sweet. If you like dogs and animals in general, then you should enjoy this movie. It's definitely not award-winning material by any means, <laughs> uh, but it is sweet. On the note of that ending scene being made less real for you, mm-hmm. I think that's another caveat that I have of the movie, was that in today's era of movie making, if you invest the money in it, you can have digital work look absolutely real to where you cannot tell the difference between what is really filmed and what is, what is digitized. Right. Okay. And we noticed that there are some moments where they did some digitation in the movie. Yes. That Bella makes a friend and that friend definitely, I think becomes very digital. Yes. And it was sadly obvious that some of the scenes with this other creature were digitized. Yeah. Digitally animated. It didn't look realistic. And I th- I think they may have done it on purpose to get some facial expressions to the uh, the character. I'm not sure because, you know, you just can't really have a that kind of creature act with those kind of expressions. So I can see maybe why they felt like they had to do it. But I think it was, it was a distraction to the story, seeing the obvious digital work. I'm not exactly sure if they, you know, would they have been able to do what they wanted Without it being digital or not. But ever since the days of the first Jurassic Park movie, there is no excuse for digital work looking (laughs) real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Just like we talked about, I would love for them to remake Anaconda because I want to see a really cool snake. (laughs) But do they want to invest the money into it to make that digital work look real? (laughs) I think that'd be super cool, though. So, um, in the movie, one of the the games that they um, played with Bella... Um, they used it actually as a uh, as a training or a safety net was the go home game. And I actually thought it was really cute because we do that with our own dogs. You know, we don't do it on the idea that they might get lost or that they need to run away from the dog catcher by any means. Um, but, you know, we'll take our dogs for a walk and yes. we'll get close to home and we'll be like three or drop four the leash away. or something of that sort. <laughs> and we'll tell them go home and they know they go. I did think it was interesting that with the narrative of the dog's mind that the perspective where every every interaction that the dog had with its owner was a game. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting to view it in that perspective where, you know, don't chew shoes is a game. Yeah. Little piece of cheese is a game. You know, a so tiny piece of tiny cheese. Piece. Everything was a game to some degree in the dog's mind. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting to, to think about. But she didn't like the go, well, she liked going to work game, but she didn't like the... I forgot what the, the guy's name was, but when he went off to work, she didn't like that game. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I wanted a better lost story, a better reason for the dog being lost. Because ultimately, it's like, well, if the dog didn't, you know, decide to jump the fence, then the dog would not have been lost. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <sighs> okay. But ironically, that kind of made it realistic for me because that happened to our dog when I was young. Oh. We took our dog to... Um, someone else's house to for her to get bread. Well, maybe she had a good and, reason for jumping the fence. Well, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, she got through a little hole in the fence. You know, we, we can only assume to hopefully find her way home, end up getting caught and impounded and so forth. So 
to me, I didn't have any problem with that because, you know, to me that was realistic because I've actually experienced that. So. Well, that is true. I mean, we have our little wanderers. I mean, our dogs like to, well, our little guy likes to wander. Um, not really. He just, you know, starts smelling things and keeps on going. However, I think there's been times where when we, like, closer when we first got him, we take him to my parents' house who has this ginormous yard. But his main goal was he wanted to kind of get back with us. Somehow he found a way out of their fence, and he would just be on the front door, like front, <laughs> like in front of the front door or at the little window. It's like, well, how did you get there? And he's like, I found you. <laughs> like, I escaped the prison, made it to the front door. <laughs> <laughs> so that was his goal, just to get back to us. So you're right. It's very logical. You know, like our own little dogs will wander away and not maybe with the intent of running away by any means because they would much rather be with us. But they do sometimes follow their nose. But still, I still kind of wanted a better lost story. (laughs) So I also think that the movie, I think they use the movie or the story to kind of highlight a lot of issues. The Using the dog as a therapy dog for veterans, especially with PTSD. I think they also highlighted, um, you know, like Federal James Olmos was homeless. So they highlighted issues related to that. And or they highlighted issues with... Um, in the particular, the dog was a was a pit bull or is a pit bull, and um, at least partially. I'm yeah. not sure if it was full, but right. And where they were living, pit bulls were banned, and yeah. So they were definitely dealing with that. I mean, we we and our family um, have you know, there's been you know a pit bull, and he was a super amazing, super sweet dog. But you cannot disagree that there were some incidents that you wonder would have still happened if it was not a pit bull. Well. Pitbulls, like many dogs, um, are very strong and powerful animals, and like all dogs, should be treated with love and respect. And one thing I thought with regard to the movie is that they, they address some of these concerns and issues that are, you know, like the homelessness and the PTSD and the breeds breed assumptions. But I don't think they really answered any questions. I think they just kind of brought some of these things to light. I don't know yeah. what you think. Yeah, they kind of did the Michael Moore thing to where they bring they, they bring up concerns, <laughs> they but they, 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 they don't have solutions to the concerns. <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, here's a whole bunch of problems. Eh, I'm just going to lay them out there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we talked, of course, already about hearing the voice of Bella. Um, I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard, she was super cute um, to hear. And I think that that added a little lightness to the film and even a little bit of humor sometimes. And it, it also gave a break for some of the emotions. So it didn't let you get too emotional in the movie, as we talked about with my reaction to the end. All right, so what's the verdict? Does it make the shelf or not? I'm going to pass on this one, making the shelf. Me too. Um, it is a super sweet movie. I adore the, the real-life story of Shelby, who played Bella. Um, but I don't think it has enough depth to really make the shelf. Um, it might be, you know, watched again if it's on TV kind of thing. You know, yeah, there were I some scenes that. that would probably be fun to see again. While Bella is on her adventure, she meets lots of different characters, whether they're animal or human. But not really movie shelf quality. Alright, so now it's time for our picks of the week. Okay, so what theme for this movie are you reflecting with your pick of the week all right so when you think of the classic lost dogs trying to find their way home movie i think of homeward bound the incredible journey so i know there's the original which i think is the incredible journey but this is the 
the one, I guess it came out like probably in the 90s. It's Michael J. Fox and Donna, yeah, Donna Michi and Sally Field. Um, you have two dogs. Um, I think, um, oh, what was Michael J. Fox? Chance. I think he was a pit bull too. Yep, he was a pit bull. <laughs> and I think Donna Michi's character was like the golden retriever, the much older, wise dog. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you had the sassy Siamese cat of Sally Field. Yes. Um, and so it's a very sweet story and very fun. It's for that hearing their voices is really fun. Maybe it's because you get to hear all three together. I don't know. Um, but it's a fun movie. So that's my pick of the week. And even as a boy, I remember crying too. Lassie comes home, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're just an emotional, emotional soul, but just another movie with a very similar theme. Well, I'm not using that for my pick of the week. Uh, so I'm going to flashback to Benji the hunted. (gasps) This is a super fun movie. Which is on our shelf. It is. Is Homeward Bound actually on our shelf? I don't know. I'm not sure if Homeward Bound is. It's on my parents' shelf. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a super fun dog, especially since we have a Benji dog. <laughs> yes, very Benji looking. Um, and I think, I'm sure, I'm sure I grew up at some point watching that movie, but it really wasn't until you that that movie really made it on you know, my radar. Um, I think most of the time when I would think of Benji, I would think of the um, the Chevy Chase movie where he kind of became a dog. Yeah. So. But no digitized wildlife in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that is definitely a fun movie. And it's it's fun even to today. We had like my niece and nephew yeah. over. I mean, it was a couple of years ago now. but And they're like, where did this movie come from? How can we even know about this movie? <laughs> so they definitely enjoyed it. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. Cause, and not only that, it's almost like... It's not really breaking the fourth wall, but it's like, if you're not familiar with it, it's not just Benji as a character. It's Benji. Yeah, playing Benji. Playing Benji. <laughs> playing himself. So, so, the actor dog. When the, when the credits roll, it'd be Benji himself. <laughs> so, super fun. So, um, I know there were a handful of previews that we saw for this movie, but I think there's only one that we're going to talk about. Yeah, because most of them we've already covered in previous podcasts. Yeah, or, you know, we just weren't really digging them. True, there were, uh, I think, one or two of those as well. So the one I want to talk about is A Dog's Journey. Yes. And this is a sequel to A Dog's Purpose. Uh, taking that reincarnate concept even more cornier if it wasn't already corny <laughs> enough in the first one. Yeah, although it was kind of funny as I was watching this movie, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm already, you know, for whatever reason, getting a little like that, that throat thrint, clenching, choked up kind of feeling. Mainly because, you know, it's dogs and, and, and people the, and who the love dogs. dog's purpose? Dog's journey. Oh, the preview. Dog's, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh, great. Gotcha. But yeah, so this follows up with the story. The The Dennis Quaid character is much older. I mean, he was already, I guess, fairly old. But, you know, he's got a granddaughter now. And somehow the um, Bailey, the dog, the reincarnating dog, um, <laughs> comes to the granddaughter. So we will see how that movie plays out. And now it's time for a side of bacon. Mmm, Bacon. All right, so we left you off at our last episode trying to connect Jeff Bridges to Vin Diesel. And I know for me, Corey, the moment you opened up a connection for Jeff Bridges, it was just like, oh, well, 
There you There's go. a million, it seems. <laughs> there are a lot. To get two movies um, connecting Jeff Bridges to Vin Diesel. I'm at least going to mention two of them myself. So, <laughs> the first two that I came up because with. Because you are the one that started this connection waterfall. I'll let you go first. Um, okay. Just to make sure I don't trample on any of your glory. <laughs> so the first one actually made in my head was Jeff Bridges to Josh Brolin in True Grit. Mm-hmm. And then... Josh Brolin to Vin Diesel in Avengers Infinity War. Okay. And then after that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can make even a more, shall I say, marvelous pure (laughs) connection and go Jeff Bridges to Robert Downey Jr. in the first Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And then you got Robert Downey Jr. to Vin Diesel in Avengers Infinity War. Mm -hmm. So using the pure Marvel movies there easily. And was yours strictly Marvel as well? But just using no, different movies? Okay. I went a different route. However, I did tease you with the opportunity of perhaps going with Jeff Bridges to Matt Damon, of course, uh, True. Yeah, that's what. Great. And then um, Matt Damon to um, Vin Diesel in Thor Ragnarok because uh, they both basically have cameos in that movie because if you haven't seen it, but um, or if you remember, um, Matt Damon is playing Loki. I think, yes. right? In a play. In a play. That's within the movie. In the movie, the Thor Ragnarok oh. movie. And um, and then, of course, at the end of the movie, you see um, a very a brief scene with um, the Guardians group. I now, think. however, I'm not sure if Vin Diesel was in that movie. As Groot? Groot did not say anything. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but that that's not my official one. The one I have written oh, okay. down. Okay, okay. Here, here's Heather's official one. Yes, my official one is Jeff Bridges to Matt Damon in True Grit. And then Matt Damon to Vin Diesel in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, good one. Yes. Good one. Good, good, good. All right, so my um, bacon for this week, I think I'm going to go with Dennis Quaid. Thinking about, as we were talking about, with the dog's purpose and journey. Okay. We'll go with Dennis Quaid. Okay. I think we have augmented our previous bacon rule, because I think we were saying that we cannot pick any actors from the movie that we were reviewing. Mm-hmm. But I think we've loosened that to where one of us could pick an actor from the movie that we reviewed. Yes. If one of us just desperately couldn't think of another actor, <laughs> you can pick from the one we talked about. So well, we- it's just to avoid the problematic of we're both picking an actor from the movie we reviewed, but then there's your link, so there, there yeah, lies yeah. the uh, problem. We wouldn't want to do like a Christopher Lee Vigo thing again. Yes, right? yeah, we don't want to do that again. We're just way too easy in the yeah. So I'm gonna go with Dallas Bryce Howard. Okay, so Dallas Bryce to Dennis Quaid. Or Dallas Bryce Howard to Dennis Quaid. That 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 I think will at least take a little bit of thinking. Alright. Thanks for listening to Movie Shelf. And if you could please click that subscribe button and share it with your friends. We'll catch you next time you guys. Bye.